So if you open up the book of Hebrews, we'll go ahead and we'll start uh, reading here. I'm going to read. So we, we um, got four verses last time. Um, I usually do more, but there's a lot there. We'll start. I'm going to read verse one, read through the uh, rest of the chapter, and I'm going to jump into chapter two, the first three verses, okay? And, and hopefully, uh, I'm only reading the first four verses just by way of context. Um, hopefully we'll get into chapter 2 in the first three verses. Uh, if you would give your attention to the Word of God, we'll read and then we'll pray. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again... I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the son, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail." But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who, are, who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we look into your word, we pray your blessing. Give us supernatural revelation, supernatural illumination. We don't, we don't do this in the natural. This is beyond human understanding. And so, Father, the, the solutions we seek are spiritual. Spirit of God, work in our hearts, work in our minds, that we may love the Lord Jesus supremely with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We ask it in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Okay, we're going to just start in chapter 5. If you say, what about the first, get the recording um, it, it's, a, it's a mouthful, it's a lot, and if I start there, I'm, we may not progress past that. Um, so we're going to be talking about, verse, starting in verse 5. Did I say something wrong? When she looks at me quizzically, I always... <laughs> Thanks. Uh, starting in cha uh, verse 5, okay, um, we're going to talk about this argument that the writer of Hebrews is going to present. Jesus is greater than the angels. And I know, I know. Listen, I, get, I totally get it. None of you, zero percentage of you, were driving here and say, I hope Adam clears up who's greater, Jesus or angels. I mean, that's a burning question you have here this morning. I don't know, but I want to get answers. No. So why are we doing it? Well, because we do verse by verse. 
But I want you to understand, at this time, when he's writing to these Hebrews, it is a big issue. We know this, okay? Angels are like these fearsome, awesome, incredible beings. They helped in the transmission of the law. We can't just, you know, oh, well, that's nothing. Who cares uh, what they did? And Jesus, we know this. He's a man. Let's see, angels or someone who's made a little lower than the angels. We'll see that in chapter 2, talking about Jesus Christ made a little lower than the angels. Here, we're going to see that Jesus Christ is greater than the angels. Say, wait a second, a little lower than the angels or greater than the angels? He's greater than the angels. He's the creator of the angels. We'll see that. We'll see Jesus Christ, creator God, uh, God the Son, the Son of God, the second person of the triune Godhead. We'll see that clearly. And next week, we'll see him made a little lower than the angels. How does that work? Because he became man. And man, for a season anyway, is a little lower than the angels. By the way, I don't, that doesn't bother me. I'd rather be a little lower than the angels than a little higher than the monkeys. Just my own take on it. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that because he's going to make a, a, an argument in such a, such a way that everyone will understand who Jesus is in relation to the angels. And it's important uh, because last week we said, listen, um, a lot of things in our lives, uh, some of our lives, uh, I want this to come across right. Sometimes in some of our lives, there are things that are more important than Jesus Christ. That's called idolatry. Well, it's really important to me to be a good husband. Anyone disagree with that? I am going to be a husband at the expense of everything. I don't care about spiritual things. I don't care about, I'm just going to be a great husband. You, you can't do it. You put Jesus out of the picture, how good a husband am I going to be? I mean, you remember the days before I was a Christian. That wasn't a wonderful husband, was it? Now, as Christ you know, entered my life and started controlling my life, greater and greater husband-ishness happened, okay? Uh, but that's how it is with everything. That's how it is everything. When Jesus has the proper place in our life, everything else kind of fits into its right categories, into the right degrees. And as people who, uh, I probably talk to every week, are like, yeah, okay, Jesus, eh, whatever. Not, not number one in my life. Well, you're settling for a lesser God. Understand it. Now, he's making his argument. For in which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. That's from Psalm 2. He says to God, says to the Lord Jesus Christ, You're my son, this day have begotten thee. Now that is a mouthful. And a lot of people really stress over the fact that God begot Jesus Christ. He's, you know, first begotten of the Father. And everything's like, okay, what happened? What's going on here? We have a God, male God, and we had a female God somewhere, and they loved each other very much, and then there was a, you know, another God born. No, that has nothing to do with when it talks about begetting, because that's what it is when we talk about mankind begetting. Um, begotten is a place of reverence, is a place of honor. Have you ever heard like Jesus Christ, the firstborn of all creation? That doesn't mean he was created first. It means in, in creation, he's the preeminent one. You, you know how Jewish families, they had the oldest son. It was a place of honor, a place of reverence. They always fought for who was, I mean, you can think of like Jacob and Esau. You know, Jacob swindled Esau of the birthright. What's the birthright? You're preeminent in the family. You get the two-thirds blessing. You're the spiritual high priest. All the benefits go through you. It's, it was a place of honor. And God's saying, Jesus Christ is that honored place in all of creation. Nobody, nothing more important. And that's the idea of the beginning. But hey, which did the angels, he said, you are my son, this day have I begotten thee. We, we never see that. And by the way, do you see something subtle just happen? For which of the angels said he, and you can capitalize he, at any time, God speaking. Wait a second. I thought David wrote Psalm 2. You'd be entirely correct. And here the writer of Hebrews saying, God wrote Psalm 2. You mean, wait a minute, let me get this right. David spoke and God wrote? Yeah, exactly correct. Exactly, exactly correct. God speaks through the mouth of his prophets, even if the prophet in this case happens to be a king. God does that. God was saying through David. That's the way the whole Bible is. Because I get this all the time. Well, who wrote the Bible anyway? And they're, they're, they're talking about like, well, because David wrote it, because Paul wrote it, because John wrote it, because Luke wrote it, God didn't write it. You're ridiculous. God wrote it, and he used human instrumentality. He could have just wrote it on a rock and dropped it on a 
on us and just, here you go, here's, here's what I'll ever get to say to you. He chose this way, but that doesn't mean God didn't do it. He does, and here it's saying he does. And he's saying that God said, which angel did he ever say, you're my son, this day have I begotten to be? Did he say that about Jesus Christ in Psalm 2, one of my favorite Psalms? And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. That's from 2 Samuel 7, 14. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Jesus Christ, object of worship. Angels, not so much. There was one angel, wants to be an object of worship, got him into a lot of trouble, okay? You can read all about his ignominious career in Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28. He wanted to be like the Most High God. In Revelation, we see John, the revelator, worshiping angels, and the angels do not like it. I remember towards the end of the book, one angel comes unglued, and he says, See thou, do it not. In the Greek, it's very staccato. Don't do that, he's saying. I, don't th I think the angel understands, like, I could like this too much. I have a, was a brother angel. He's fallen. I don't want to end up in the same place. We don't. Uh, we see angels not accepting worship. We saw an angel today. Uh, you, you, I bet you'd almost feel compelled. You'd almost feel like an object of, like, unless you're very careful. But how would you know? Because we entertain angels, we're told later on in the same book, unawares. Have you ever done that? Well, I don't know. I wasn't aware. <laughs> it's the right answer, by the way. But I've heard angel stories. I've heard people tell, say about that and stuff. I'm not calling you all liars. If you have one of those exciting angel stories, you should come and share it with me. I love stuff like that. I really do. Have I ever encountered an angel? Not that I've known. Are there, are there angels about us? I'm not trying to freak you out. Are there angels about us right now? Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure there are God's holy angels, and I'm sure there are lying, demonic, fallen angels trying to get you to think bad thoughts, get distract you from the, the message. It's when, when the people of God get, you, get together, you think Satan is indifferent or his hordes or, nah, whatever, I hope nothing, and they just ambivalent about it, but that, no, I think they're actively involved in trying to, you know, as the words cast on that, on the path there, you know, in uh, Matthew chapter, I think it's 11, and the birds come, the birds are symbolic of Satan, they come and they pick, pick the seed away, they're not ambivalent, they're not, yeah, whatever, they're not that way, they're, they're actively working against God. Um, let all the angels of God worship him. And by the way, while I'm talking about worship, you know, I get this all the time. I talk to guys and I challenge them, and they're, well, I'm just not so into it. I almost understand that. I mean, okay, you come in a room, a room full of strangers and say, I'm not used to singing and worshiping God. I'm not into it. Listen, i got to tell you something. I, I want you to change your opinion. God is totally into it and worthy. And it really, really helps me out. I told you before, I experience God in worship more than I experience Him any other way, even in preaching the Word. You see, really, really, Adam, really, 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 yeah, God inhabits the praises of His people. That's where I encounter Him the most. Well, I'm not really into it. He is. It, it, it helps me when I put Him in His proper place. I see myself as who I am. And I almost think it's a sliding scale to the important, to the, to the ex exaltation you think God is, is that you'll exalt yourself less and less and less. But you say, I'm not really into, you know, it's not, because you're your own God, you're a jealous God, and you don't like any other competition. I almost think it's a sliding scale. As you understand who God is, and is His wills to be done, not my wills to be done, I think we more and more exalt him as an object of worship, of veneration. Do you exalt Jesus Christ? Do you venerate? Do you worship and adore Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes. Would he accept worship? Yes. You remember Thomas bowing before him, my Lord and my God? And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, whoa Tom, <laughs> get up now. I'm just a man like you, right? No, he did not. He, Jesus is totally comfortable in his, even in his humanity, he's still divine and he still accepts worship and that's totally correct attitude to have toward Jesus Christ. Because God says, let all the angels of God worship him. Right now, where's, where's Jesus? Well, he's exalted at the right hand of God. There's myriads of angels. How many? A lot. 
uh, myriads times myriads and myriads of myriads. Thousands times, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Don't get your calculator out a lot, okay? And I think it means innumerable, more than you can count. And what are those angels doing? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And they're worshiping him, they're exalting him all the time. That's what they do. You're going to get there and you're going to be like, I'm not into this worship stuff. You're going to feel really awkward in heaven. Start learning the songs now, okay? Well, uh, I think the worship band, I, I really enjoy them. I really, 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 really do. Sometimes you're saying like, ah, oh, they going to play this one again? We'll never do it in heaven. We're not, we're not, in heaven, we're going to say, ah, oh, this song again? We're never going to do that. We're gonna, every song's going to be fresh and new and exciting. and That's, how I, that's my thought anyway, okay? Um, and by the way, when you go to heaven, you'll have a job. I'll be unemployed. You ever think of that? <laughs> I, I won't be given a Bible study. You'll get a Bible study. The Word of God will uh, open the Word of God for us, I believe. That's my, that's my whole thing. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that, okay? Just, just a thought, right? I'll, I'll join the worship team at that point. I'll be... Because I, I, I have now. Anyway, that's a, that's a side... Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. That's what angels do. They're ministering spirits. They're not ruling spirits. They're not in control spirits. When, when you have a, 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 a spirit that's trying to control you, listen, that's a spiritual entity. You've got to get rid of that. That's, that's not a... That's, no, no, no. They're ministering spirits. They minister to the heirs of salvation, you and me. They don't, they, they're to aid and abet us. They're not to control us. You've got a control spirit. You've you got a wrong. That's a, that's a demonic. You know, uh, so um, I can't come up with his name. First speaker yesterday. Somebody help me out. Gitman. Uh, Ryan Gitman. He was, so he was talking about yesterday about um, panic attacks. And he was in an airport, and this witch woman put a hex on him. You could listen to it. You say, that's not, you don't believe in that, do you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're demonic entities. I told you, they're not ambivalent about your spirituality. They are, we have an adversary, he's a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. He is trying to eat your lunch. He is not at all cool with you worshiping God, with you growing as a Christian, with you getting saved. None of that stuff. We have God's angels, and they minister to us. We have fallen angels, and they try to control us. And so this, this witch lady put a hex on, uh, for a better word, Ryan, and he was telling us about the spiritual like panic attack. So he's in the airport. This lady touches him, and he kind of like, yeah, you know, and, and, and then he couldn't get on the airplane. If he got on the airplane, he knew he was going to die. And he had this, like, you know, like, like people do. All the walls are closing in. I know a lot of people think, oh, that's just physiological. That's because of this and because of this, because of this. I, I'm not an expert on these matters. But he was just, I, I will tell you, just listen and tell me what you think. Because he was saying, because I have a mom and she has panic attacks. And I was thinking, like, you say you're a woman of faith. Don't, don't. Don't listen to what the demon's trying to put on you. There's, 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 there's ways you can overcome. There's things you can do. There's not just like, hey, hey, this is how it works, okay? I can't get out of my house because Satan's going to attack me. And so I'm, uh, people have this, they call it agoraphobia, right? Fear of the marketplace. So I can't come, I can't preach anymore. That's it. And nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. There's absolutely not. Well, I got medication. That's not the answer. Uh, I'm not a doctor. Will some medicines help some conditions? I don't know that. I will tell you, when Satan has tried to put things on me, he's trying to control. I, I can't let him. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not letting you put that on me. So Ryan was sharing. Just, uh, I'm just telling you, you, come up and argue with me if you want. Or just listen to the message. See if you, there's something there that's not a kernel of truth. Because he was telling me how he just he prayed. and He was like for months, like, can, 
for a, a while now has been asking him to come up here and share and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And last time he, when Ken asked him a couple months ago, he said, yeah, I, okay, I'll do it. But he was, then he was looking for a reason to beg off so he wouldn't have to get an airplane, so he wouldn't have to fly so he wouldn't die. And he told me and he told us, and I thought that was, because you know what he did? He said, so how many of you guys are suffering from panic attacks in about a third-ish the people raise their hand, and I'm flabbergasted. I am floored. And some of them are our guys. And I thought, like, because I'm looking. And I'm like, really? No way. And he's talking about thoughts of suicide and how Satan puts that on us and stuff like this. And he, he asked, like, you know, okay, how many of you guys, you know, have had the real suicidal thoughts and stuff like that? It's not God who's telling you to do that. Have you figured it out? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Figure it out. And I, I was so blessed by that that somebody, because we never talk about stuff like that. We never talk about anything like that. And he was like, through it, and now let me tell you. Let me tell you how it works. Let me tell you how God works in a situation. Like that. Did that bless you? It blessed me to no end. Because I was thinking, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Because I was telling my mom, like, don't listen to, just do what you got to do. Oh, I felt the walls, you know, caving. Walls don't cave. Walls don't move, see? Look at them. They're walls. I understand your feelings. I understand all that. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. There's real physiological stuff happening. And there's real spiritual stuff happening too. And if you, you ignore the spiritual, well, there you are. And your mom doesn't leave the house anymore. Just a thought. Just um, Okay, they're ministers, okay? But under the sun, he said, Thy throne, O God. <laughs> Does that thrill you like it thrills me? God, Father God, Creator God, God of us all, yod heh vav -Hey, God, God of the Bible says to Jesus, Thy throne, O God. Now, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I got, I got a friend who's a Jehovah's Witness. I say, why do you use your friend? Because I have a lot of friends, and I don't, I don't qualify them by their theology. I have unsaved friends. I have a lot of unsaved family. As a matter of fact, all my family's unsaved. I don't know. I hang out with unsaved people all the time. And my unsaved uh, Jehovah's Witness friend, he doesn't believe that Jesus is God. Say what? Look. Under the sun, who's that? Jesus Christ. He, who's that? God. He says, thy throne, O God. What do you do with that? What do you do with a verse like that? Is Jesus Christ divine? Well, of course he is. Is Jesus Christ divine? Well, of course he is. God says, hey, to his son, he says, thy throne, O God. <laughs> now, he's trying to show us that Jesus is bigger, better, more awesome, more powerful than the angels. Does, that, does he ever say to a, uh, an angel, hey, thy throne, O God? No. Does he say it to Jesus? Yes. You won me over. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter, by the way, a scepter is that, is that staff, that baton, that, that seal of authority. It's a symbol of authority. Thy scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. This is what he says to Jesus. This is what God, Father God says to Jesus. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now, this is a little subtle. You've got to kind of, this isn't as crisp and as clear as some of us would like it. It is to me. God's still speaking. He's saying this whole passage here. He's saying, your, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. You've loved righteousness. You've hated iniquity. That's Jesus Christ, okay? Therefore, God, even thy God, Jesus is saying, God is saying to Jesus, Therefore God, even thy God, is he talking about himself? I don't think so. God, even thy God, Jesus is God, has anointed you with oil of gladness above thy fellows. Who's the anointing God? The Holy Spirit. All through Scripture. Anointing and oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. 
on your life, on your ministry, on your health. On That's why when, when somebody's sick, we anoint them with oil. It's the Holy Spirit. And we're saying, well, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. We're saying, Spirit of God, heal this person. Now, God's saying to Jesus, he's saying, because you're like righteous and you hate iniquity, your God, hey God, your God has anointed you with, this is the whole trinity here. I see this like all the time, all through Scripture. I think you've got to be looking for it. It's so subtle sometimes. He's anointed you with the oil of gladness above thy fellows and certainly above all the angels. That's never happened to an angel. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of thine hand. Is this God speaking to Jesus still? Yes. And he says, thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth. Is God the Father calling God the Son the Creator? Yes. But I thought Father God created. Oh, He did. You, you, but you're telling me Father God and God the Son, God the Father and God the Son created? Yes. And I'm also telling you the Spirit of God created. You can't separate the triune God. Okay, this one here is in charge of salvation. This one, this this person in the Trinity is the, it, not... I should say you can't always easily do that because I can show you verses in Scripture that say God, Father God created. And I can show you verses in Scripture like this one that says uh, God the Son created. And I can show you verses in Scripture that say the Holy Spirit of God created. Who raised Jesus from the dead? I can show you Bible verses that say God the Father raised him from the dead. And I can show you Bible verses that say God, Jesus raised himself from the dead. And I can show you verses in Scripture that say the Holy Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. It's not... those. These aren't... exact Now... That's not always how it works out. Did God the Father die for our sins? No. Did God the Holy Spirit die for our sins? No. Did God the Son, Jesus Christ, die for our sins? Yes, he did. Okay, so there's sometimes when it works out, but not all the time. And here he's saying, he's, 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 Father God is saying about Jesus Christ, you're the creator. In the beginning, you laid the foundation of the earth. What does that sound like? It sounds like creation to me. And God is ascribing creation to Jesus Christ. But that's not the first time we see that. We, we already saw that in the last week when we talked about that. Um, in verse 2, Father God said, in these last days he's spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds. Okay, now looking about this, verse 10. Thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundations of the earth. God saying, Jesus, you're the creator. And the heavens are the work of thy hands. Okay. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all shall wax old as doth a garment. Can you figure something out here? If you're not worshiping Jesus Christ, you're worshiping something less. And that something less you're worshiping is destined for destruction. Jesus Christ, forever. I love the world. That's yeah, earmarked for destruction. I love rainbows. Yep, they're going to be gone too. I like unicorns and nature and puppies. And, you know, these are a few of my favorite things and snowflakes and kittens. And, yeah, we can all sing the song. Wonderful things God's created. By the way, praise his holy name. Every last one of them is going to be dis- destroyed. Jesus Christ remains forever. And this is what it's telling us. Um, they shall perish, but you're going to remain. They shall all wax old as doth a garment. Anyone still wearing the stuff they wore in high school? Yeah, maybe if you're 19. You know what I mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't have my lucky socks from high school, okay? Not at 60, I don't, okay? I just, it, why? They wore out. That happens to garments. And that's what's going to happen to the world. It's going to wear out like a garment. As a vesture... Thou shalt fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy ears shall not fail. <laughs> you can't say that about an angel. You can say it about, about Jesus Christ. Now listen, uh, the heavens, look at them. They're going to fold up like a garment. You've done that, right? You've, you've packed a suitcase. You take your jacket, and you fold it in half, and you fold it this way, and you get it all small and all folded up, and you put it in your suitcase. We understand what it is to fold a garment. That's how God's going to take care of everything at the end. That, that everything is going to perish. You're going to remain. They're all going to wax old like garment. As a vesture shalt thou fold them up. What does it mean to fold up space and earth and everything that exists? I Stay tuned. I don't know what it's going to look like. 
say, well, I'm, I'm in trouble then because I live in this universe that God's going to fold up. No, you're in Christ. And Christ is forever. He's the heir of all things that we've already seen. You know, we're in a really wonderful place in Christ. Those outside of Christ are in, if I said precarious, you're saying that's the understatement of the year. And, and so it is. You're, they're going to be changed. You're the same. Thy years shall not fail. Any one of these places, the place where you think, this is awesome. This is so awesome about Jesus. He's forever. He's the heir of all things. He's the creator. He's never going to fail. Angels worship him. Every, every statement here is a jumping off point for a, a series of sermons. But to which of the angels, and he hasn't left this yet, said he at any, any time, sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Do you ever say that to an angel? No. Who's going to be the footstool? Satan. The enemies and fallen angels of God. Doesn't uh, Romans chapter 16 say, Paul saying to the Romans, God's shortly going to put Satan under your feet. Read here, footstool. You like that idea? Because I like, I, like I like the idea of me like standing on Satan's neck. I always tell you, I'm going to wear cleats, the old-fashioned metal kind. I'm going to file them all sharp, and I'm going to do a jig. I do not like Satan. Why? Because I have so many friends, and he's picked them off one at a time, and he's wreaked havoc in their life, and they haven't understood how to overcome him. And I just, I try to teach, and I try to share, and I try to say, you've got to get feisty with Satan. You just can't let him push you around. He's going to seek to dominate. He's not inactive in our lives. He's trying to devour. He's steal, kill, destroy, boy. If God gives you life, he's trying to take your life. If God gives you blessing, he's trying to steal your blessing. If God's giving you health, he's trying to steal your health. He's trying to work against God all the time, always. And he's way more successful than I like. He says to the Jesus, he doesn't say to the angels, hey, sit at my right hand until the time when I'm going to make enemies I like, I, like, I like Satan as a hassock. Ottoman. Pray for me. I got, I got a weird idea. I don't know. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are the ears of salvation? Aren't angels, aren't they ministering spirits? Yeah. Now, should you cross angels? Well, let's look at chapter 2. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest any time we should let them slip. What happens? People all the time let the things that we know. I knew it once, but now I don't know it. I knew this once about the Lord. Now I don't know it. I let it, you know, I just let it get, I let it get away from me. I used to be real faithful in the things of the Lord. I used to get up every morning, I used to read my Bible. I don't read my Bible anymore. I used to have this wonderful prayer life. I don't pray anymore. I used to go to church. I don't go to church anymore. I used to give. I don't give anymore. I used to fellowship. I don't fellowship anymore. I used to tell everyone about the Lord, and I was so joyful to tell everyone about how awesome God was in my life. I don't do any of that anymore. What happened? Satan? I mean, if you're not doing those things, I mean, did you do them once? What happened? You let them slip. Hey, hey, hey. This ain't a lecture, you bad person. This ain't that. I understand. Unless I actively am engaged, unless I'm praying, unless God, don't let Satan defeat me. Don't let, they, they'll slip from me too. I'm looking parts of my life. Where, and I've always told you this, right? My life is like, and I, okay, I started here, salvation, right? And I kind of figure like I'm about here now. But it looks like a boy walking up and downstairs with a yo-yo. I mean, upstairs. I'm, eventually, I'm kind of at a higher place, closer to the Lord. Have there been ups and downs? Yeah. Why? I let things slip. I mean, I let I, 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 I chose sin sometimes. Sometimes I let bad habits uh, come in. Sometimes I was just not aware. A lot of things, you know? And you shouldn't... Get, we ought to give them more earnest heed to the things which you have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip, because that's what happens. All you have to do to not be faithful to the Lord is let things slip. How many people, I'm going to tell you, okay, let's come clean right here right now. How many people are totally satisfied with your prayer life? Let the record show nobody's hands went up. How many of you people pray? Well, I'd be surprised if you didn't. Of course you do. 
Of course you do. I know that. No, I'm not surprised by that. But we're not totally happy with our prayer life. Why is that? Well, a lot of reasons. I mean, I mean, you know, I used to pray so much more. Now I don't. I got to tell you, the cure for prayerlessness is prayer. (laughs) Again, you know, I used to get up every day and I'd read my Bible. Now I've got away from it. I let things slip. You've got to maintain to maintain. Because the default button set on flesh and on... I know a lot of people who used to be you're faithful to the things of the Lord. Now on. Satan's actively trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And they weren't... They didn't take care of business. They let the things... And, and like I say, all, all you have to do to... to, to, to to, to slip is to not do anything. Now look, this is an important verse here. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, was it? Yeah. Angels were involved in the transmission of the word from Sinai to the people. But it was optional. It's the Ten Suggestions, not the Ten Commandments, right? No, we know better than that. So what, is, what happens if you didn't listen to the Word? Nothing bad, right? Well, wait, just think about it, remember. Uh, I think it's in the book of Numbers. There was a guy, and he was picking up sticks on the Sabbath. Why would you pick up sticks? Oh, make a fire so you can cook food or something. I don't know, right? We're going to have boiled manna tonight, today, okay? Manna souffle, or I don't know how it works, okay? Is there, a ch- is there a reason to heat water? I don't know. Drink tea? I, I, don't, I don't know how it works, right? Anyway, this guy's picking up sticks. Is that a problem? On the Sabbath it was. So they took him into custody, Scripture tells us. Then what happened? Well, they said, we better check with headquarters. I wonder what God's going to want us to do. Does anyone remember the story, or am I just telling you something? You, oh, you remember, so you're nodding. So what happened to the guy? He got stoned. Isn't that God going a little overboard there? Hey, 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 he was just picking up sticks. What's going on here? Um, what will somebody, what would you say to the, the guy who says, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. Everyone knew. <laughs> One, uh, that's a good point. God spoke the Ten Commandments and all the people heard to the point where they said, hey, listen, Moses, if there's an Eleventh Commandment, we ain't going to be able to deal with this. You go talk to, to God and you come and if he has anything to say, you come bring it to us. You remember that in Scripture? Everyone knew. But, and let's say they didn't. Let's say um, um, he just came down with the commandment. They should have known. It's like when you're driving 95 through the schoolyard, don't do that. And when the cop pulls you over, what do you say? Oh, I didn't know. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to stop you. You won't get a ticket today. No, they're going to lead you away in handcuffs, right? Because you should have known." Well, this is okay. That's a, not a great example, but it's an example. I mean, if you're if you're driving, you're supposed to know the rules of the road. So if you're living in Israel, you're supposed to know the rules. No, you do know the rules. And angels were involved in that. So it's not like this is optional or anything. So we have a guy picking up sticks, right? And they say, okay, what should we do, Lord? And the Lord said, um, stone them. What's, what's the issue here? Transgression. And I know a lot of people here. Listen, listen, you, you're not so cool with that. I mean, uh, uh, be, you want to be honest? Because we're honest. We're in church, right? I mean, it's a little heavy-handed. I think it's a little over the top. Good. Okay. The wages of sin is death. I, I don't know how to say it. You know how um, at, at the beginning, because like, I've talked to people about this and they think like, God, you got to just chill. you got to mellow out. Okay, so Eve ate a piece of fruit that she wasn't supposed to. Ooh, big deal. Oh, it's a huge deal. It wasn't, it wasn't just like, I know, it's an apple, right? Apple. Uh, by the way, I have a, I, uh, an iPhone, when you start it up, it's got a picture of an apple with a bite taken out of it. I don't know if a guy named Adam should have such a device in his pocket, right? 
What's that all about? What did they use that for a logo? Listen, it was the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, God, you don't get to say, I get to say what's right and what's wrong. And here we are in America in the 21st century still trying to wrangle out. Oh, God can't tell us who we can marry. Oh, God can't tell us what gender we should be. Oh, God can't tell us we have to work to earn our bread. Oh, God can't tell us. And all the time it's like, listen, even among Christians, we, we tense up and we start talking about God's will for our life. Well, I get to say, um, says who? You brought with a, bought with a price. And that, that um, even in church doesn't fly. Where, like, we say, hey, God's the sovereign. God gets to rule. God gets to reign. God gets to say what's wrong. God gets to say what's right. We always have to check in like, well, it's not really wrong until I say it's wrong. It's not really right unless I say it's right. And that's what the whole debate about. That's, that's, that's politics in a nutshell. Who gets to say? If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and it was, is the point. But I digress, okay? I'm going all the way around the barn here. The word spoken by angels was steadfast, and it was. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. The guy getting stoned, I, I know it sounds heavy-handed, but listen, the wages of sin is death. And everyone got a, Scripture tells us, a just reward. Now, I understand why, and I, I perfectly understand why, and I really think I understand why. Some of us will say, that's a little heavy-handed, God, lighten up. I mean, it's a little much, God, lighten up, because we're in the age of grace. You know, you look at Ananias and Sapphira. They lie to the Holy Spirit, and now they get out, and they, get, they, they just tip over. Hey, uh, why'd you lie to the Holy Spirit, Ananias? And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, and <laughs> checks out, tips over, and they go and bury him. And his wife comes in a couple hours later, and she didn't know what happened. Hey, did you sell the land for this much? And oh, yeah, yeah, we sold this much. That doesn't happen around here all the time. People don't like lie and then, and then die. And I'm kind of glad it works out that way because I'd be preaching in an empty room and there'd be nobody up here to preach to the empty room. Okay, I mean, we've all done stuff like that. And if you're telling me you haven't, I'm going to say, I don't know about that. We're all, we're all used to the fact that God's very gracious and he overlooks a lot. And he's very forgiving and he's merciful and he's gracious. And so we think like when somebody sins and they die, but you've got to remember the wages of sin is death. And I always want to emphasize this because look, well, let me, let the scripture says, angels brought the law People disobeyed the law, they died. Well, how are we going to escape if we neglect so great salvation? First of five warnings that Hebrews built around. They're these Jewish Christians, right? And they're, I'm going to go on with the Lord, I'm going to live with the Lord. And that family say, not so much. What do you think you're doing? This is Moses. We got a temple. We got a high priest. We got the morning and evening sacrifice. We've got Yom Kippur. We've got, uh, and God gave us all this stuff. And now this prophet comes along and he starts telling us, love our enemies. And, and, and now he's supposed to abandon all this stuff. The temple. It's the temple, for goodness sake. And, and this family pressure, this, this persecution. And the right hand is saying, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you give in. Don't you do it. Don't go back. God gave the law. You transgress the law, you died. How are we going to escape if we neglect so great salvation? Well, I'll tell you how we escape, because we're Americans. We stand before God and we tell Him the way it's going to be and how it was and how we and why we should go to heaven. I, I tell you a story, and I'm, I'm just gonna, I, I've said it before, I know, but I'm going to say it again. So I'm, I'm talking to the guy, and I'm saying to him, he's dying. And I say to him, no, it's not Peter. Peter's in heaven. I'm I'm sure in my own thinking, my own philosophy, my own theology, Peter's in heaven. I know Peter well, talked to him a long time. That's not Peter, okay? Because I just said, I, we just laid him to rest last week, and if somebody connects those dots, please don't. But I was talking to a guy, and I'm trying to lead him to the Lord because he's dying, and he's in his last days. You're going to stand in front of God here just a short time. He's going to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? And you'll say to him, I'm a good guy what he said that's what he said and I said what if God says to you well you're not as good as you think you are and he said well tell him he's a liar I, I can't make this stuff up I was thinking you might want I think I told him you might want plan B 
okay? That might not work. Fed the molester of both of his daughters, he's a good guy. I didn't know it then. I think I would have called him on it. I think I would have thrown up my hand and said, yeah, you work it out. I'm glad I didn't know it, because that wasn't a godly attitude to have. So I work, I was trying to share the gospel. I, said, I was trying to tell him, basically, the wages of sin is death. You're a sinner. You've done wrong. You're going to stand before a holy and pure God. There's no... Listen, guys, don't let this thing slip away. There is no plan B. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Don't go back to the old, well, I'm just going to tell God I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to show God how good I was. That is not going to work. Uh, can I show you? Because I was thinking about this earlier. And I actually went to here. Revelation chapter 20. Jesus comes back in chapter 19, sets everything right. Chapter uh, 20 has to do with the kingdom and things of this nature. And, and verse 10, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the feast, uh, beast and the false prophet are. Not the beast and the false prophet were and they got burnt up. They've been there a thousand years and they still are. I know some people think that death burn oblivion. Mm, scripture does no, knows in, nothing of that. The words for everlasting death and everlasting life are the same, the same word. If you think you have everlasting life and you live forever, the word for everlasting death and everlasting punishment is the same word. So here, there, the, 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 the devil of the season was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That doesn't sound like burned up. It sounds like forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne. Anyone know, even, anyone familiar with this past? We call it the great white throne judgment. This is well-traveled ground. I saw a great white throne. Him that sat on it, who's, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, there was no place found for them. Who's that? That's God. Saying, God the Father or God the Son? God the Son. Because Jesus said, God has given all judgment he's reserved to me. Why would that be? Because Jesus is the one who died for our sins. And now we're going to stand before God, Jesus, and say, yeah, I didn't see any need. Um, you, again, you may want to go to plan B here. You may want to rethink, rethink that whole thing. I saw the dead, small and great. Now, is that you? Is that me? No. I have a question for you. Put your thinking cap on. Is that Peter? No. Good answer. Why? Why? Hey, I'm the resurrection life. You believe me, you're never going to die. And the scripture never talked about his death. As a matter of fact, after we stop breathing in this, in, in this, and shed our mortal coil, what are we? we're asleep, according to scripture. You know, we talked about those who have fallen asleep. Not soul sleep, just physically not among the living. Dead? No. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. So you know Christians have gone before. They're not in this group. These are the dead, the ones who are outside of Christ. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. Well, they're okay then. They're going to make their case before God. They're going to say, look what I did. I helped that old lady across the street that time. Don't you remember? And they'll say, yeah, I, I got it. It's all written. There's no, there's no argumentation here. There's no, everything's been, it's, it's been well documented. Uh, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. Okay, there's books with all the works that they did, and this is the book of life. You want to be judged according to all the books open and all the things you've done, right? No, no. That's going to go very bad. Uh, and the dead would, were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. It's so, and what happens? Well, some are let in the heaven, the others, no, no, everyone goes to hell. If you're going by the books and what's written, you, you didn't do enough. And you sinned. And how was the sin dealt with? Well, I did more bad than good. I tried. I did the best I could do. I don't want to call a person a moron, but if that's your hope for heaven, recalculate, recalibrate. That's a bad plan. The sea gave up the dead which were in the de and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged, every man according to their works. And what happened? 
and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. In other words, your name's in the book of life, life. Your name's not in the book of life. You're judged according to your works. Let's see. Lake of fire. Oof. I don't, I don't say that. I don't say that with joy. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know anyone. Hey, listen. People have worked me over like people have, your, have worked you over. People stab me in the back like people have stabbed you in the back. I'm just like you. Okay? And what? I don't want anyone to go to hell. There is nobody in the world I want to go to hell. None. Zero, zilch, nada. It's a nasty, nasty place. A place so bad, Jesus said, no, you'd, you'd cut your arm off to, get, to stop from going there. You'd, you'd pull your eye out of your head and throw it away rather than go to hell if you had the option. It's a, it's a horrible place. How do people get there? Well, if we've heard these things, we, we can't let them slip. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and it was, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, and it did, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So God has offered us this great salvation. Hey, grab it like a rabbit. Take advantage. What are you waiting for? Rededicate. Recommit. Refocus. Re-whatever. You know, I haven't. I haven't been praying in a while. Oh, we got to cure for that. Lord, help me. I'm not doing so good on my own. I'm not, what, fill in the blank, whatever your issue is. My thought life is right in the sore. My, I, I got an idea of what I want to be doing. I, I don't always make it happen. Whatever it is, he knows, he cares, he loves, and he's able to help. Don't neglect so great a salvation to any degree. Don't let the things that you have, don't let them slip. Don't slide back into the way that we used to be before we knew the Lord. Easy peasy? Well, easy to understand, not always easy to do. And outside the Spirit of God, impossible to do in the power of the flesh. Uh, let's stand and receive the benediction. Our uh, guys are going to come and send us out of here and, and worship. Hey, listen, this is heavy-duty stuff, huh? I didn't write it. <laughs> I didn't write it. Um, but we're not, we're not playing. It's, it's like, this is for real. Uh, and we want to be real. We don't want to be hypocrites, right? Um, let's, let's receive the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Lord, bless these things. Settle them in our heart. Uh, maybe we came today, uh, I don't think we were wondering if, if Jesus was greater than the angels, but I bet we came with some problem in our life. I bet we came with something that wasn't quite right, in, present company included. So Lord, work in us. You love us. You want to bless us. You want to make us into the image of your Son. Do that. And Lord, help us to not let these things slip. Help us to, to maintain what you want us to, and have the right focus, Lord. You are totally our everything. Anything that we worship less is certainly less. And how did we get involved in this idolatry? Us, your children. So bless, Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all. So our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses. And if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all as long.